0: I, I see a behind the wall. am so
1: afraid going to fall. Scaring,
0: Scaring is sharing. Scaring
2: is sharing. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. Hey, it's time again for Scaring and Sharing. Yeah, it's the podcast where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror. And it is winding down the summer I think this is the last week of summer Or did that already happen? I
1: don't know on the calendar I just know kind of Labor Day weekend Is always considered the end of summer
2: Okay, I'm looking it up right now Last day of summer 2023 I do know Mercury's in retrograde And I feel it, okay? Whoa, you feel it? Oh, I fucking feel it, all right um, the last day of summer, oh, you know what? It's confusing. I don't know. I thought it would be like a real quick thing because I heard someone say this was the last week of summer. Last day of summer takes place September 4th, 2023. So there you go. technically when this episode comes out, we will be in fall. It'll be in fall, yeah, and that's why I'm, or- I'm already switching to spooky season mode, so. All the time, someone was like, is it too early to decorate? I'm like, it is never too early. No! Have you seen my bedroom? It is <laughs> end end har, of August.
1: Har, har. I mean, it's Halloween every day for me, but yeah. end of August, you, it's, it's game on.
2: Yep. And welcome, everybody. We are the Scare Boys. I'm here today with Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim, Rusk. And I am here with
1: Brandy Joe, the Flame and Scream Queen.
2: Planback. Yes, and we are thrilled to be bringing you thrills and chills and spills of our thoughts and hearts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, um. Have you heard of a movie called? <laughs> <laughs> shit it just escaped me someone had asked me about it and it's like an older horror movie and it's called like horror at the zoo or something oh no it's escaped me uh that doesn't I th- ring any bells I think there's- the phone shot is like old
1: i know it there's a movie the there's a movie called murders at the zoo i think i think or-
2: that's it yes murders at the zoo that's it have you seen that no i haven't Okay, someone recently asked me about it, and I thought that sounds interesting. They I think, said it let me. Was good.
1: Yeah, murders in the zoo. In the zoo okay. from nineteen thirty-three. Okay, wow, and it's yeah. it's like one of the old. It's a it's a Universal, I think, or oh no no no, it looks like Paramount made it, but I think Universal yes. like bought a bunch of those movies. Yeah, that's so they, sounding correct. Yeah, yeah, they're they're owned now by Universal Pictures, so. Okay. yeah, yeah. I've I've always wanted to. This is one of the ones that's been on the list of like, you know, I'm well versed in the monsters uh, from mm -hmm. back then because those got way more play. Like you had a monster in it. It was more iconic between, you know, King Kong and Dracula and Frankenstein and all that. Those were easier to find. And then there's like all these little one off horror movies from back then that you hear people talk about, but I never got to see because they were never as you know, widely in circulation, I think, just because they're not as easy to sell as your monster mm-hmm. movies. Yeah.
2: Um, And speaking of fall, I watch, or no, on one of the horror, gay horror groups I'm a part of on Facebook, so I think there's two main ones I'm a part of, but someone was asking what the best Halloween movies were besides Halloween, the Halloween series, and Trick or Treat. And so I popped in, and the ones I said that, are like some of the best Halloween movies are the Terrifier movies, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah, uh, Murder Party, because you've shared that with me. I'm yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Ms. 45, because that's how it all goes down at the end. There's mm-hmm. like that oh, it's Halloween, a Halloween party. party. Sure a, nun. Um, a Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, which I'm pretty sure there's a Halloween section there because I think I, I, I think that's correct. I wrote it and I'm not sure if that's right or not. Yeah,
1: I can't remember anymore.
2: <laughs> and also Haunt was the other yeah. one I said. What huh. are some do any come to mind for you?
1: So it's a Halloween movie or a movie a horror movie set on Halloween but... it did
2: like it doesn't there's no rules. Oh there was no rules. But like for me it was like Halloween's a part of it. Like yeah. sure any horror movie is great to watch on Halloween but like the best that... horror movies for Halloween. Yeah. That aren't just the Halloween series. Oh, right. Or Trick <laughs> yeah. or Treat which is like the obvious one. Yeah, or right. Trick
1: or Treat. Anything oh, come to mind? I'm trying to think. Like I feel, like because uh, you. I mean, I a lot know of one, like
2: your wife would say, is like hocus pocus. Of course. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and that's set on Halloween as well. So you know, right there. So yeah. hocus, Halloween hocus.
2: Town. Were you like a Halloween Town person?
1: I was right before that. I was slightly too old. Like I wasn't okay. watching. I wasn't watching kids stuff like that Got when it. Halloween Town happened. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I mean, I always go to like the obvious and classics are like Texas Chainsaw Massacre like the original exorcist always stands in my mind even though it's like you know i don't it, halloween feels right to engage with that movie um mm-hmm. hellraiser honestly the original hellraiser is a go to for me at halloween time okay. like I don't, I don't know why um it just has been for years and it feels like other times of the year are not right but halloween is the right mood to you know you, the fall things are dying it feels like the right time to put on Hellraiser and step into that world so mm-hmm. um i'm trying to think if you had anything in there uh and of course of course i go to my old classics like the original frankenstein and stuff like that because there's something about it, the black and white uh in the Halloween season in the fall, get your Halloween goodies, you know, watch a Boris Karloff movie that feels that feels special and the right time of year to do that.
2: For sure. Yeah. Also, I want to give a shout out to our friend Jake, who we went to see um talk to me with. Mm-hmm. Jake listens to our podcast and said he just got in his scaring a sharing merch, his t-shirt. <gasps> Yay. I know. Thanks, Jake. And you can get your merch, too, by going to our link tree, which you can get to at our Instagram. Scaring is sharing all one word.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I, I you, know. You guys with the merch, you're like our street team, really. You know, you're out there <laughs> spreading the word. Teacher Drew does it all the time. Sure does. Uh, my, our buddy, Brett Wheat, he does that, too. He wears his shirt around and gets some notice. So uh, we appreciate
2: it. Yeah. I have a tank top, a hat a um, sweatshirt and I think that might be oh and then I have like a thin hoodie like a a thin shirt long sleeve shirt with a hood but it's Mm -hmm. like slightly too big for me so I don't Uh, wear it much just because the fit it's not like it's like cozy big like a like a normal hoodie it's like the fit just feels kind of funny on me
1: yeah I have the slim that thin hoodie you're talking about as well but mine fits like a glove so I love wearing it uh and then I got the hat
2: which is awesome. See, if things fit me like a glove, it fits like a really lumpy glove, like okay. because of like my love handles and stuff. It's like if it fits like a glove, it's not great. Like it's got to have a little bit of a little it? more room, <laughs> but like too much room. And then I'm just like, oh, I'm a ghost. <laughs> yeah,
1: you feel like you're just wearing sheets around. <laughs>
2: Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> but, um, but yes, thank you so much, Jake, for listening. I know that his girlfriend Molly does not like scary movies. So mm. he has been, and I think he grew up in a sort of environment where, um, scary movies weren't generally watched. And so I think he's getting into it late in life. So I, I know it was like, he hit me up about, like, hey, are you going to talk to me? Cause I would love to go with some people. Um, mm-hmm. so I love that. Like, I think that we need to just like adopt him going forth when we go to our our horror movie outings hell yeah jake along so jake thank you for listening yes and you are welcome with us anytime you are all my children now (laughs) yes that's (laughs) what i was gonna say (laughs) uh we have some telegrams should we should we read them yeah let's get into them okay do you want to go first or should i go first up to you I'll go first because this is from teacher Drew who saved the day because yesterday morning because he listens to our podcast like immediately like it gets dropped at like 6 30 a.m. Eastern time and he's in Phoenix so I think that's an hour or two earlier than us but yeah. he hit me up at like 7 a.m. Our time I was like I think you uploaded the audio from last week's episode and sure as shit I did somehow like the folder when I clicked on it I didn't click the right one and so it was la- like it said it was this week's episode but or you know the most recent one so I like deleted it and re-upload it. Cause that is what is recommended to do. So if ever anyone saw them, but that's my mercury and retrograde. Cause yep. that's, it's really just my fault, but I like to it's, blame it on something. It's else. retrograding. <laughs> it's retrogression all over. Mm-hmm. So, teacher Drew writes Hey, guys, so glad you gave some love to Slacks. It was Slacks. It was a fun, little, quirky, and original film. I am a fan. I appreciated hearing from your longtime listener, first time writer, John. That's gay, John, by the way. Mm. I agree. Hellbent is well worth the watch. I've been binging hard to recuperate from grading papers. Here's my weekly watch list. Green Room. How did I miss this? I don't often feel anxiety while watching a movie, but this little gem gave me all the sorts of dread. Mayhem. Loved it. Great cast and talk about sticking it to the man. My Best Friend's Exorcism. The novel is great and the movie is too. What a fun take on the horrors of high school six souls julianne moore is a favorite and the story kept me guessing the third act however stumbled a bit any thoughts on these please keep doing what you do until next time stay healthy stay happy stay you teacher drew in phoenix thank you teacher drew Mm -hmm. and yeah green room is my go-to recommendation for anyone who's like give me some recommendations i'm always like green room because it is such a good watch
1: yeah i fucking love green room uh and it it's like a double whammy for me as a punk rock movie oh yeah and as a horror movie because it's like both things i love there's a lot of like it's very true to the punk scene from certain times because like the fact that they're trapped with these nazi skinheads and it's like yeah that was always a thing back in the day like we hated it but those douchebags were always around in the like way more prevalent in the scene i think years ago so you'd have to be on the look out for those types of people mm-hmm. um i think it's kind of gone away a bit they're back under underground out of the mainstream punk scene but um but uh, yeah i connect to that movie but the punkness is very authentic and the horror is awesome so it's like it's like perfect
2: yeah and i love Aliyah Shawcat so much from yeah, arrested she's, development She's and so good. murder um, search party fucking love her. So, anytime. And in my favorite movie, of course, of all time, The Final Girls, she's just so fucking good. I think she's hilarious. I love that. Like, she's just so good in, in Green Room. I love yeah. her. Yeah. And, and Anton Yelchin, rest oh, in peace. Oh, God, I know. He's so good in that movie. And Imogen Poot, right? That's, yeah. Imogen like Poot, yeah. Yeah. Love her. She's so just like, like, she's such a fun character in that movie. And, and
1: Patrick yes. Stewart as Patrick the villain. Stewart. Like, what did I that was against type for him to mm-hmm. put him as the villain. And he is terrifying and terrifying.
2: Movie. So yeah, yeah perfect. And there's some, just some horrifying scenes. I feel like it just has the perfect ending. The ending is so, goddamn good which you know when you can stick the landing Mm -hmm. um when it comes to a horror movie it is it's i think a rare feat because i think so many times they whether it's studio getting involved or whatever but i feel like the ending is often like a miss to some degree and that's one movie that i think has just one of the most perfect endings yes like the last moment is just like yes 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 absolutely So and but like lots of people, when I recommend it and they watch it, they're like, "It wasn't really a horror movie." I'm like, "Well, where are you going to put it though? Like, it's not a drama. Yes, it's a thriller, but like, it's more grotesque than a typical thriller." So yeah,
1: it it's I feel like it's more
2: appropriate in the horror vein. Yeah, it belongs to horror. Yeah, and Teacher Drew, if you haven't seen Murder Party, highly recommend it. Same same crew, um, and some of the same people, right? Our, our, Our guy that we love, he's in he's in um. Oh my god! It's time to be real. Yeah, uh, making B- Blair. Yes, making Blair. Thank you. We're gonna be real. If anyone's out there, I know Christian from It's Only a Podcast. Does be real? <laughs> <laughs> we're being. Re- that's the first time it's ever happened while we're recording. Um, so that's exciting. Um, but you can follow me. I think I'm just Brandy Joe on there. Yep, just brand, just just Brandy Joe. Um, cool. All one word. Slam them together. Uh, so yes, murder party. And I still haven't seen Blue Bruin. But that is yeah. also the same people, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, Blue Ruin, it's, it's the, the director is Jeremy Saulnier. Uh, I think I'm saying his name right. And then Macon Blair acts in, I think, virtually all of his movies and his is like his co-writer on a lot of these, too. Okay.
2: So. Okay. Oh, you know what? I mentioned Christian, but I think Ian from It's Only Podcast is also on Be Real. So shout out to my boys. Get them. <laughs> um, those other movies, I don't know them. I don't think. Yeah, no, I I, I don't know uh, Mayhem. I, I mean, know
1: of Mayhem. Have never gotten to it see is. it.
2: Uh, it's like a workplace um, sort of.
1: I feel like Siege um, movie is kind of what you want to lump it into. But oh
2: my God, Samara Weaving is in it. Fuck, and Stephen Yoon. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That picture of him all bloody looking up was is like in some Shutter promotional things. Yes. Like I think if you're like logging onto Shutter, but you need to like put in your sign in details i it's think sh- the image is there i think it's a shutter original ah well then that would make sense yeah i'm gonna yeah. have to watch that because yeah. i don't know it but
1: In yeah i love those two six souls i remember coming out like years ago i think i remember the name and the trailer and to be honest with you it was one of those uh from a time period where i just was like oh horror is crap now so i don't watch anything so
2: yeah, I mean it looks bad, 2010. I mean, I love Jonathan yeah. Reese Myers, but it looks it looks bad. It looks bad. Do you remember Flight Plan? Did you go see that with Jodie Foster? No, I remember it I though. Think Jodie Foster, right? Like and her daughter, like that was right. on a plane. It's like a yep. giant plane. And um and everyone's like you didn't have a daughter no one like like the premise was so good uh-huh. and just the execution was so bad just like oh god and you know everyone like raves about panic room i don't love panic room i think it's fine i think it's fine but I, I mean there are worse movies flight plan is a worse movie but did you love panic room i didn't love
1: it i've only seen it like once ever which was back closer to when it came out and i thought it was a giant misstep for David Fincher. Yeah. Uh, Cause I was like way into David Fincher at that time. Cause he had done fight club and seven uh, and then panic room comes out and I was like, what is this? Uh, so I didn't like it. And I, ever since though, everyone's been like, it's his like unsung masterpiece. So I'm like, what? So I guess I should rewatch it at some point.
2: Yeah. I mean the best Jodie Foster thrillers are silence of the lambs and um, contact And the little girl who lives down the lane, although I haven't seen that in a bazillion, gajillion years. years. But I remember it being good, just kind of weird. Um, But yeah, those are, I I would say I don't enjoy Panic Room. And yeah, um, Flight Plan is just bad, just bad. Um, And My Best Friend's Exorcism loved the book, love, love, loved the book. Couldn't make it through the movie. I heard not great things and then I got around to watching it and I made it like halfway and I was just like, yeah. I stopped it and then I just forgot about it. Never went back to it. So that's, that's telling, but I'm glad mm-hmm. teacher drew enjoyed it. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think that was all of the movies he mentioned, but teacher drew, I can't believe you're back to school and grading papers already. That's so insane. Yeah. You're already in full swing. What the full hell swing, but we love you and thank you for listening and looking out for us. Absolutely. You are amazing. All right. You have um, a, a, a girthy tear. Yeah. <laughs> this us. is, this is, this is a small Epic
1: from from lauren the goth botanist yeah and i do say we did ask for a full report and i think we got some good stuff here so i'm gonna start it off it goes i didn't ask everyone but i did ask a lot of celebrity guests to name and this is what was that called mad monster party or something like that Mad
2: monster i think was just the name
1: mad monster you can correct us lauren if we got that wrong but uh, this was the horror convention she just went to um and anyway, I, I'll start again. She writes, I didn't ask everyone, but I did ask a lot of celebrity guests to name the first horror movie they recall seeing. Mm. Some of them struggled to recall the actual title, while some did while some did not, and have an amazingly detailed memory like Doug Bradley. Uh, in a couple of instances, we took to Google to identify their childhood memory. Enjoy. And she gives a list of a bunch of people. Amazing. Um, and here we go. Uh, Bill Moseley said, The Blob, the original The Blob, uh Jeff Daniel Phillips said Race with the Devil from 1975. Oh, so good. Uh Doug Bradley's uh was The Innocence from 1961. Mm. Mm, double uh, Robert Patrick said The Original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh Danhausen also said The Original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Awesome. Uh Linnea Quigley said The Hand from 1960. I believe that's the one with uh uh It's escaping. Michael Caine, right? Where his hand gets cut off and goes off killing people. I thought that was
2: newer, but maybe that's right.
1: Yeah, that might be right. Maybe it's newer. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's another The Hand. I don't know. his is from 1981, so I think it must be an older one. Must be an older one. Uh, Amanda Weiss said, Wait Until Dawn from 1967. Uh, Richard Brake said Stranger in Our House from 1978. And Heather Langenkamp said Burnt Offerings.
2: I wonder if we're supposed to be wait until dark. Uh maybe. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder because that is, oh that is from 1967, the Audrey Hepburn movie. I wonder mm-hmm. if it's that one. I wonder if that's that would what she make meant. sense because that's a that's a fucking good one. Cool list. It's always interesting yeah, to oh learn. God, that's so cool. And that's Those, a question we ask our people. Yeah, first horror movie you ever saw. So that's awesome.
1: Thanks for reporting back on that. Uh Lauren continues. We just watched Demeter. I love David Dust Malchin so much, and he was probably the best part of the movie. Uh, but it was too long and dragged. Tess said at, Tess said MJ and I are too harsh, but she watches (laughs) she watches junk teenage dramas like the summer I turned pretty and has no room to talk. Agreed. If you watch junk teenage drama, (sighs) what are you talking about? (laughs) I agree entirely with your review. David Dussmelton was amazing. Too long. Kind of dragged. Lauren continues. All the Q&A panels were limited due to the SAG-AFTRA strike but this also allowed for more autobiographical discussions and personal aspirations during Kane Hodder's panel, the prospect of a 13th Friday, the 13th came up of course, and he voiced his desire to direct the installment. If it ever comes to fruition, as he put it, I would make it as violent and fucked up as possible because I know how to do violent shit. So of course I had to go back to his table and make an ass of myself for the billionth time that weekend. I told him, (laughs) I told him he should absolutely be the one to direct the next installment. And that if he would be interested, everyone was talked about, everyone has talked about wanting to see it in winter in the snow who the fuck is everybody? He asked me without skipping a beep. I beat. I said, the internet, I don't fucking know. It would be a new method of isolation. And the visual of red blood on snow could be intriguing. He also mentioned during his panel, the nuances he tried to put in, like how he looked at the character after freezing her face and liquid nitrogen in Jason X before smashing her head on the counter. And I mentioned that I noticed it during my first watching in the theater. And it made me smile. No, you fucking did not. Yes, I did. Bullshit. No, I really
2: did. <laughs> I can totally hear Lauren having these conversations.
1: Yeah, and I can hear I've seen enough Kane Hodder interviews, too. That's totally how he talks. So (laughs) since you enjoyed Slacks, I'm going to throw out a few other horror movie horror movies featuring inanimate objects, some better than others. Killer Sofa from 2019. Deathbed, The Bed That Eats from 1977. Oh. The refrigerator from 1991. Killer Condom from 1996. And Bad Hair from 2020. Oh, wow. And that's Those everything. Sound rough. Thank you, Lauren. And I do have to, if anyone out there is a Patton Oswalt fan, uh, especially of a stand up, on his first stand up album, he has an entire bit he does about the movie Deathbed the bed that eats which which he mistakenly refers to as deathbed the bed that eats people um but it's still it's about that movie and he talks about how like somebody sat down and wrote that and uh, pretty much he just riffs off of the idea where like either that person was like this is the greatest thing anyone has ever written or they're (laughs) like what the fuck is wrong with me no i have to see this through to the end so either way uh he talks about how unhinged the writer of deathbed must have been
2: oh my god that's That was a great, great, those are great messages, Lauren. Thank you so much. Mad Men Expo is I think officially what the name of it was. Mad Men Expo. Sorry, Mad Men. What what, Mad Monster. Mad Monster Expo 2023. Yes. Yes. So that's awesome. And yeah, it's I with the writer's strike, it must be so fascinating. I believe like I just like I'm still catching up with talk scary to me. With Daniel Harris and Scout Taylor Compton, but they um, I'm one of the most recent ones. Like, I just started playing after I finished a, an episode of something else, and they were talking about how, or no, maybe I like chimed into like a an Instagram live that they had, and they were talking about how like they could get questions in, but they couldn't talk about their movies. Yeah, like that's part, like that's part of the whole strike, and so yep. it must be very fascinating to what they can and can't talk to. Mm-hmm. like actors at especially these conventions and things like that yeah exactly so like yeah i imagine
1: that those q a panels are a lot different where they're probably just like yep i can talk about generalities or just my life specifically mm-hmm. but not really like about the movie can't promote movies so yeah
2: yeah um well thank you both for writing in and you too dear listener can write into us scaring and sharing at gmail.com or follow us on insta scaring and sharing all one word, smash it together. Yeah, smash us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jeremy, did you watch anything this week?
1: Well, I'm segueing into, you know, just it's the time of year. It's coming up. It's, Halloween's fast approaching. Usually, Labor Day weekend is where I, I'm off with a bang to just start watching as much scary movies as i can monster movies until halloween is upon us um and i did start things off the other day with nightmare on elm street 3 the dream warriors Mm. which i know your fandom has not really maintained for that one but like i still love it it's still it as i watch it i'm like this is this is a great nightmare on elm street
2: movie like when you when you
1: measure up the great entries from that series it still ranks up there
2: i think Yes, and I mean definitely building off of one and two, it just it moves it forward. It puts it in a different location. Mm-hmm. It like has more creativity to it. Like new, it just new does- rules, new lore. Like yes. it expands the the war- universe they're building. Yeah, and I don't remember. I don't know why this is something that's coming to mind, especially considering who I am. But I feel like it's the first time we see boobies, because mm. <laughs> I don't—I know you don't in one. Yeah, you don't in one. I don't. And think... I'm pretty sure you don't in two, unless you thi- see Lisa's boobs. But I don't think you do. No, I don't think you do in two. So I think the nurse getting naked. Yeah, I think. I think i you know what i may have to watch part two again To yeah i gotta go back play, and watch two again now. but i think it might be the first time we get bubes. i think it is <laughs> i remember oh my god joey oh god he's so and, cute and it sets
1: off the entire like that's where you get the lore of freddy krueger like you get all the backstory of like Amanda Krueger is introduced in that one, his mother and like all of that. And it starts to really build out like the dream universe and this like supernatural element that's sort of just you kind of just accept it for what it is in the first couple of movies. Like, yep, he came back as a dream demon, I guess. Like there's not a lot of explanation, but that's where they start to plant the seeds of like, OK, we're going to start to explain this lore a little bit.
2: And did I send you that creepy duck design? yesterday because no, I don't like, think there's been talk of this mike flanagan doing elm street and elm street oh. movie and so he creepy duck which if you don't follow creepy duck you simply must because does amazing fan art he of does stuff. such and sometimes gets hired to do like actual do, just do, do the real art for stuff yeah for yeah, sure and sometimes he does something and then it's like like the scream um five yeah scream, yeah i think it was scream five and it got it got moved along um, and actually ended up being one of their posters. I'm sending it to you right now. It's really cool. It's not groundbreaking, but it's still like is, you know, for a lot of the, the bad Elm Street fan art out there. But yeah. It's like, oh, man, oh, Mike Flanagan did a Nightmare oh. Elm Street movie. Would that not be just so fucking great? Yeah, that,
1: yeah, I know Flanagan wants to do one. I know Elijah Wood wants to do one. Mm-hmm. Um, just somebody come on somebody
2: finally make a new Elm Street like a, yeah. where, where people are hungry for it so yeah I'm itching to watch um, four and five again just because I not so much five but I didn't when I watched four Um, the last time I was gonna watch five and I didn't get around to it so and
1: I mean yeah because four is decent five is there's a big drop off I think from yeah. four in quality but four and five are the two most connected out of all of them, because like four builds right into five, like it's one of the few like true continuations of story, I think, in the mm-hmm. entire series. So,
2: yeah, and five has some good kills, but like just lots of bad stuff. Like the Greta kill is really good in five, mm-hmm. I feel like there's like the Lisa, Lisa is in five, right? Or is that four when he sucks? Mm-hmm.
1: I always get confused I too yeah, because I get they're, them mixed up. they're so like intertwined with each other. Sometimes mm-hmm. I mix them up into one movie <laughs> and then I'm like, Oh wait, no, that doesn't happen in this one. That happens in five. Yeah. And
2: so. I don't think that her name's Lisa anyway, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I love Misa some Elm Street. Okay. What else? Uh, let's see. I
1: watched that. I did uh, watch, and I say it's more horror adjacent. I feel like it gets lumped in with horror. Cause that's, where people want to put it but the original the day the earth stood still from 1951 Um, i I saw it was on amazon prime i'm like oh my god i used to love watching this as a kid it was one of my favorite like science fiction you know ufo movies that came out around the time of the thing from another world um and you know other sci-fi movies like that so it just fits neatly forbidden planet like it fits neatly into that uh niche there um And yeah, it's pretty good. Like, I feel like it still holds up. It's got a message. Ultimately, the message is about like world peace, like humans need to stop trying to kill each other. Uh, And you're like, wow, this movie's from 1951. And that message has not stopped being relevant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So people need to stop being such violent creatures and trying to wipe each other out. So I'm like, wow, it still holds up, still rings true. Um, Plus, it's got Gork. Which is the cool killer robot that uh, Platoon mm-hmm. the alien has. And he's just iconic now, Gort.
2: So, um, sorry, I'm going back to Elm Street because I just, one of my friend Ryan told me that he is in the documentary Fred Heads. Have you watched oh, this? No. So I just ordered off Amazon because I was like, oh, you're in it? And I was like, I wanna watch it with you. So I just yeah. ordered it and um, we'll be, uh, should be getting it today. So I want cool. to watch that. And then there's also a, um, like a, a documentary about Nancy that someone was talking about in one of my groups. Mm. Um, and it is called I Am Nancy. And you can like watch it online for like $1.99 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious because I do love Nancy. Nancy yes, is that'd be one cool. of the best final girls. So Nightmare on Street documentaries. And then, of course, Never Sleep Again is fantastic. It's and- like one of the greatest horror movie documentaries ever made
1: it's so good never sleep again like so good i've watched it to watch multiple it. i haven't i need to i've seen it two or three times and it's okay. like a, it's like a four-hour documentary
2: so takes some doing but yeah it's amazing yeah that's fucking good um all right denny did you watch anything else
1: no that's really it so far but i'm raring to go
2: with some more stuff so i watched the passenger do you know of this film Mm-mm. it is directed by carter smith who did um bug crush the ruins which i know they're covering mm-hmm. on its only podcast right now so go check it out i think it's their book club episode i think they read it and watched it i haven't listened yet so i'm excited too because I, I love the ruins um but good old carter smith is having quite a year because of this and swallowed not that swallowed like really like took off and you know didn't become like this big thing um mm-hmm. but the passenger has um my boyfriend in it uh, Kyle Gallner, Gallner, oh yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, love him, and he's so hot in it. He's so hot. And then there's this other kid who's super cute, Johnny Berktold. Um, It's sort of, it's more of a thriller, but definitely has some some blood and some gore in it. But mm-hmm. it's kind of like this, like the two of them like work at like a fast food restaurant, and like something kind of crazy happens. And Kyle Gall- Gallner, is it Gall? It's G-A-L-L. Gallner, so Gallner, Gallner. I
1: think. Yeah. That Gallner
2: right. like sort of takes this kid under his wing, but he's like Kyle Gallner's like really fucked up and it just gets kind of messed up and and fucked up. So hmm. I recommend it. I enjoyed it. Um not like uh the most amazing thing ever, but it's like an hour thirty-four. It's a Blumhouse production. So okay. uh check it out. Cool. Yeah. Uh and the only news i wanted to bring up is that taylor swift promptly yeah. caused uh, the exorcist believer to to move dates
1: yep moved a week early i was going to mention the same thing where the news article i said was or saw with the headline was the power of taylor swift compels you
2: <laughs> um. <laughs> and you know why it really pisses me off Because I have a show that opens On the date that they moved The Exorcist Ah. Believer to So they moved it to the 6th And if it had stayed on the 13th I would have had nothing to do That Thursday the 12th and we could have gone to watch it But now we cannot watch it Either the Thursday or the Friday That it comes out (sighs) So that's really annoying to me. Bummer. I uh, know. Plus it's like, it's Friday the 13th, but yeah. the crazy thing about Taylor Swift is like, I, I have this, I'm a Stubbs member or whatever it's called. And so I was like, oh, I wonder if my membership, if it covers the Taylor Swift ticket. So like, cause there's, it covers most things like any mm-hmm. of like the crazy 3d, but every once in a while there's an event that it doesn't. So like I logged onto the app to look and like. All of the seats were sold out. It was like even midday for Taylor Swift. Yeah, like, I think I read that it's like already sold like 40 million dollars or something. Holy crap. Like something this is insane. And this is just a movie, right? Yeah, and of, of her concert. But it's like, yeah. a one, I think it's like a one day affair. Oh, wow. I think maybe it's a weekend, but Holy I think God. it might just be a day. And yeah. it just sold out like crazy. People love T-Swift. They do. And I mean, probably the people who, especially the parents who are like, I don't have hundreds of dollars to buy my kids the tickets. And they're like, but I'll spend $20. Yeah. You can go to the movies and watch it afterwards. (laughs) Yep. Awesome. So yeah, but that's the, the, the bit of, of news that I have.
1: Yeah. That's really all I have too. I mean, what with these writer strikes and actor strike, everything going on too, it makes it a
2: little, things have slowed down quite a bit. So yeah, they really, really have. All right, well, shall we get to sharing our scares? Yeah, let's share share our scares. All right, so I usually say this at the beginning, but if you've not listened to us before um, on our traditional episodes, Jeremy and I, um, as we love horror movies, share a movie with the other person that that person has not seen before. Then we go away, we watch them, we come back and we talk about them. Yeah, that's what we do. That is what we do. And I go first this week and I'm giving you a movie that I'm shocked you have not seen. Mm. And it's definitely more up your alley than mine. Oh, okay. And I'm pretty sure you haven't seen it. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty okay, sure. Okay, I think it's on okay. the original list we created. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so that movie is The Void. The Void, yeah. Okay. So I... What do you know of The Void? What I know of The Void is
1: I tried to watch it once. Okay. And, like watched like the first... 10 minutes or something like that I don't know. It was one of those movies where I was like I'm interested in this but like for some reason I turned it off and never came back to it. Okay. Uh and I know it's uh the Astron 6 guys. Uh what's his name? steven katansky I think. And, what does that uh, mean? That was their art collective. It was called Astron 6. Oh. Okay. Um and they did, you know, Psycho Goreman, uh oh. and it's a, it's a bunch of the guys that worked on that. They're from Canada. They did the movie Father's Day with Trauma.
0: Okay. Um,
1: they did uh, man borg uh, like a lot of weird silly stuff but uh the void is kind of their take on i know like john carpenter like the thing and lovecraftian type horror so i know there's cool creature effects in it because that's what they always do there's cool monsters in their stuff because they do all their own special effects and costumes so that's what i know about it i think it's in a hospital if i remember correctly i'm excited to see it all the way through okay cool well i'm sharing with you and this kind of works then monster movies and stuff um we did the toxic avenger part two and i was trying to think of like are there other movies we watched where there's sequels um that we could watch and mind you i started thinking that are actually good sequels because i know we've drug out like jesus we've, we've drug out the ghoulies series and have watched like that whole thing into the ground and like yeah So I'm like, is there anything we've watched that has a sequel we haven't done yet that has a good sequel? And
2: I thought of this. Tremors 2 Aftershocks. Mm. Oh, fun. Because I did really like Tremors. Yeah. I don't think that Kevin Bacon is in it, but I don't know that for sure. But I imagine it's more the same. Sandworms. And... That's all I know. Wait, did we watch one with Reba McIntyre? Was she in Tremors? Yep, Reba McIntyre's in the first Tremors. Oh, okay. Oh, I want her to be in the second one, but I doubt she is. Maybe Dolly Parton will be in it, in it instead. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. I'm pretty sure that's not the case, though. Um, so, yeah, more of the same. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like I've heard it's decent, so. Mm-hmm.
1: That's I, you sh- that's kind of it.
2: the consensus, so let's okay. let's watch it again. All right.
1: Well, in we'll my be,
2: case, first time for you. Yep. We'll be back in just a moment to talk about them. Mm-hmm.
0: Said, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos. more creative.
1: All right. Now we talk about them
2: yeah we do so we're gonna do my movie first and if you want to skip ahead to jeremy's you can look in the podcast notes and zoom on over and we are starting off with the movie that i shared with jeremy which is the void from 2016 directed by jeremy gillespie or gillespie and steven kostanski or Kostansky. <laughs> <laughs> and the letterbox <laughs> tagline is there is a hell this is worse And the description is, in the middle of a routine patrol, officer Daniel Carter happens upon a blood-soaked figure limping down a deserted stretch of road. He rushes the young man to a nearby rural hospital staffed by a skeleton crew, only to to discover that patients and personnel are transforming into something inhuman. As the horror intensifies, Carter leads the other survivors on a hellish voyage into the subterranean depths of the hospital in a desperate bid to end the nightmare before it's too late. So, okay. Jeremy, what'd you think of La uh First off, this shit is
1: awesome. Uh, <laughs> like, I, of course, after watching it, I'm on Letterboxd, and there's like a lot of people trashing this movie, and I was like. What is wrong with people? How can you not like this if you're into like crazy horror shit? I don't know. It's just one of those movies that to me I'm immediately like this is fun. Like it's not reinventing the wheel at all, but it's fun and cool. Um and big ups for the guys that made it that just they did everything. They did the special effects, you know, they wrote and directed it. Like that's that's awesome. You got to respect independent art.
2: Yeah. I don't know why it doesn't quite resonate with me but i can appreciate it and i just knew you were gonna like it
1: yeah it, it's like the perfect mix of like because I, I
2: the detractions
1: i see people throwing at it are like it's too derivative of like hellraiser or the thing or silent hill and uh and hp lovecraft in general but i'm like that's Those are all good things. Like, cool. I like to see uh, a mix of stuff I like being blended together and represented, you know, in a new through thrown through a prism and given to you in a new lens. So uh, I thought that was fun. It also really felt like they could have turned this into a video game Uh, because just the way it's set up is like trapped in a location. They have to survive like various Enemies coming at them. I'm like, okay, this is a lot like a Resident Evil video game or Silent Hill or uh, one of the horror survival games. So I I was sitting there thinking like somebody needs to develop this and turn this into a video game. That would be dope.
2: And it's like going down into the depths and then you're going through this room and then through this portal and then this imagination. Yeah. there's different levels
1: if you will. Yeah. I like that kind of shit. I'm a video game person. So I like when movies are structured that way where it's like, we have to fight through a gauntlet to get to the very end. I think that is, it does have that vibe. I think that's cool.
2: Yeah. It, I don't know. Sometimes that feels kind of like Dawn of the dead. Wait, yeah. is in the original? Is there a pregnant girl, or is that just in the remake? That's just in the remake. Okay, I think that in particular. But like all these people, sort of stuck in a location, yeah, and and that sort of thing. It had that sort of vibe to me. Um, and it's Canadian, I do believe. Which yes, very much more, so. More Canadian horror. We're just like it's like it's Canadian horror month or something. That's yeah, like we're all, all about we're the we are.
1: Canadian stuff. So,
2: um, it just it gets. A little vague, which is fine. I'm not saying it should be like, like we, I don't like things spelled out for me, but just like with everything with the mad doctor and all the stuff he's talking about and everything that's going on with mm-hmm. the void, it's very confusing to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all about like, I think he said something about ending the cycle between life and death. And he's like trying to get his daughter back. And so mm-hmm. it's just like, what? is happening i don't know it's and it's like through death you become a monster but like that's good for him i don't know it's it's just a little like it's a little hard for me to like grasp what the hell's going on
1: yeah and that's that's definitely like heavy doses of like with lovecraft's work you often you often have cults and, and like what they're actually trying to do is always pretty vague and open to interpretation because it's similar to this where it's like you're in this cult worshiping some kind of monster <laughs> or like evil deity and then you're all just getting turned into monsters uh that doesn't sound like you know a good thing like why do you want to do that it doesn't really explain it but i mean you can always talk your way out of it by being like what they're insane they've been touched by some sort of you know evilness from beyond so they're not rational anymore they're just carrying out the will of whatever this evil force that they're connected to is so i mean that's you know that's one way you can explain it away
2: yeah i really i like i love the first half i love yeah the getting to the hospital i love all that first part but as soon as we go down below yeah that's where it gets real crazy it does get super crazy but i really love all the effects i think that they're gross and cool and everything like that but that's where like i feel like hellraiser just feels more like streamlined and like what it's meaning and saying and and all of that it just feels much more but not in a way where it's like spoon feedy it just it feels a little bit easier to digest i guess yeah um and, but I feel like some of the nods here are very intentional. Like, even mm-hmm. I haven't even seen Hellraiser a ton, but like, I think it may even be part two. Maybe it's part one. But like, there's a part in here where the son or the kid, I think, is referred to. There's like the father and the son. And mm-hmm. like, he's running down like a hallway and it's like closing up as like there's like a monster right behind him. And it, it's like just like Hellraiser, but it yes. feels like so just like Hellraiser that it's got to be like a nod. Oh, to absolutely.
1: Hellraiser. Like, it has to be. And that like I said in the first half it's uh, all of these guys were part of a group called Astron 6 I don't I think right. Astron 6 like at some point I think they said they had disbanded uh, but then they started working together together again and you know they did you know Psycho Goreman has all of those guys or mm-hmm. like they don't always all work on the movies together but it's got a bunch of those guys did that so like they're a thing again I think they have like a new short film coming out um, but they actively didn't put the Astron 6 branding on this movie um, because everything they had done before this was blatantly satirical and had some level of like kind of their style is very reminiscent of like South Park, like really irreverent and gross out and crazy Uh, like humor, uh, scatological humor. I believe they call it. Uh, That's like what they had been doing with all of their stuff, but this was their first like quote unquote serious movie so they didn't want to have the a- Astron 6 branding on it because they had already become so associated with a certain type of satire that uh, they didn't want that this movie to have that baggage.
2: Yeah, the vibe is so different than Psycho Goreman. It's, Absolutely. It's like, and you wouldn't even know. So different from... The effects are similar because it
1: uh, Father's Day, for example, one of their movies from be- uh, earlier movies, that is like super gory um but yeah it the vibe is utterly different from this uh-huh. movie
2: yeah it's 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 cool though i i because there's this like i like the unanswered questions for the fact that you could sort of dissect what it means and and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff um i really like like the <laughs> father and son when you meet them like you don't know if they're good or bad you don't know what's going on because they start off doing something that seems kind of bad um But then, like, the more you get to know them, you just get these bits of, like, what's happened to them and why. And it makes me want to see everything that happened at, like, the crack house or whatever that starts in the beginning. Like, I want to know what What went went down down there. Yeah, Because the guy's, like, doesn't he say something like the crackhead says something like, for I can't remember what he talks about, but it's like I want to know that story. I want to see that movie of like the experiments and things that were done at like the crack house. Yeah, and I feel like they had something to do with the father and the son's, the mom slash wife getting killed. Mm-hmm. Like had something to do with there, which is why they were there and why they went after the man and the woman in the beginning. It's just, it's, it's, uh, it's very cool. And I think it has some, like the beginning when like the Dr. Bev is like, when she like kills the patient and stuff. And then she starts to like, she's like cutting her face up and then she turns into, again, I feel like a very obvious nod to the thing. Yes. She's Like laying on the ground and it's like those flapping things coming out of her face is very, just like, that is the thing.
1: Absolutely.
2: Like, but on purpose. So, like yeah. anyone who's like saying it's a rip off of this that, I feel like it's nodding to them. But those things are also variations of like Lovecraft. Yeah, I just and things yeah.
1: before them anyway. So, yeah,
2: totally. I just, I don't. I mean, I've never really been strung into the Lovecraft nature. Like, and I, I like a good monster and stuff. I feel like it's that something about that trying like someone being dead set about like connecting with the other side and morphing our worlds together that mm-hmm. doesn't like i don't know like the thing doesn't feel as much like that as but i liked from beyond mm, yes. lot like, more than i liked something like this but i feel like it's because it was a little bit more focused on like there was like a sex aspect to it mm-hmm and i don't know it's just a little more human to me than this and i'll be honest the first and only time i've seen this before this my friend and i did acid when we started watching it uh-huh. and by the end i was just like so confused because <laughs> i was like just starting to trip and i'm like what the fuck is going on like this yeah. is so confusing it wasn't like fun trippy and it wasn't no. like a bad trip it was just like so confusing yeah you were just like wait am i watching a movie what is this (laughs) but like even watching it this time i'm still like okay i'm just sort of like it's just weird i'm just sort of confused you know yeah it watched with my friend brian who was much more on board than i was i was just a little bit more i i still i'm just kind of like like i i I get it but i also am confused
1: (laughs) yeah and uh, like i think that's by design too i think by the end of it they were just trying to make it psychedelic and hard to understand what was going on anyway
2: yeah but it's definitely i feel a lot better than a like it feels a little bit more unique than some films
1: yeah it yeah it definitely feels unique and it, it's what the kind of thing that gets me excited though for like people going out and just making your movie like mm-hmm. the, this kind of stuff is like see what you can achieve like without because this didn't have a huge budget. This was an independently made thing and they pulled all this off and I'm like that's incredible.
2: Yeah, there's also something with this like secondary world, like I don't know if that is the void or whatever, but like the det- like the the cop who I think is so hot, um Daniel Mm-hmm. And his real name is the actor's Aaron Poole. And I just he's so cute. But like he keeps from early on, he keeps having these like visions of like mm-hmm. the void. And I don't understand where those visions came in. I don't think he'd been like cut yet. Maybe he had. I don't I don't remember. It just felt like why is he getting these visions? Like it hadn't I feel like he hadn't been stabbed yet because he gets stabbed early on by one of the hooded figures. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I feel like a couple of things would have made a difference for me, and I don't know if that if it's for sure or not. But I feel like if the doctor would have had a bit more setup before he's spoiler alert killed, (laughs) (laughs) like I just feel like he's barely on, and then he's killed, and then we find out he's this like sort of mad. He's a
1: major plot plot point. Yeah, exactly. Like he had kind of muddled development. Like, he should have had some more setup there, because I felt like it kind of came out of nowhere that you're like, wait a minute, he's like the linchpin of all of this? Like, what's going on?
2: It just feels like a bit of a surprise. Like, it would have made more sense, just from what we knew of them, that if it would have been the father and son. And I mean, it's not, and it shouldn't be. But, like, I just feel we know them better, having followed them for a little bit. And then also, I would have liked to have known more about the cult, because we never really know more about them
1: and they're kind of non-characters they're just they're there, non-charac- there to be they're just there to be kind
2: of creepy like yeah like surrounding the hospital which they are like i love it like i think it's eerie but i just would like to have gotten more of an idea of who they are and why they aren't monsters but are supporting all of this i can get more on board with that because it's like oh well these are questions that you just sort of have to answer yourself or come up to interpretation or whatever um so, yeah, those are some things I feel just would have been a little bit more... would have made it a stronger experience for me. But I liked it more this time, probably because I was sober. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just was able to know where it goes so that I could be piecing it together already as we went along.
1: Yeah. And I think it was cool that they filled this thing out with character actors who are like cult like character actors. Cause I-, I totally forgot until I just looked him up. Mitchell, the sheriff that shows up uh, early in is Art Hindle uh, who was in the original black Christmas uh, and, oh. the, and the lead of the brood, David Cronenberg. So mm. Canadian horror legend right there. Um, you got Ellen Wong, who's great as Kim, the one nurse, the nurse, nursing student, uh, student nurse, I should say uh, from Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Oh my God. Uh, I love her. Yeah. And she's so yeah, good in this movie. She's so good. And she was in what I think is an underrated remake, the silent night, deadly night remake, which was just oh, yeah, titled silent good. night. Yep, yeah. She was, she was in that. Uh, and then the doctor himself, Dr. Powell is uh, Kenneth Welsh who if anyone else out there is a big Twin Peaks fan like me, he was Wyndham Earl from the second season, the main bad guy, of the second season of Twin Peaks. So, uh, and playing a really similar kind of vibe to that character. So it was really cool to, uh, uh, for a minute I was sitting there like, who is this guy? Why does he seem so familiar? I recognize his voice. And then I double checked his uh, filmography and I was like, oh my God, Twin Peaks. Yep, that's why. So,
2: Yeah, I just, I don't know why certain movies like The Thing In particular i can think of because that would be described as lovecraftian right
1: yes absolutely like john carpenter's uh uh what do you want to call it the uh the apocalypse trilogy as it's referred to which is the the thing prince of darkness and in the mouth of madness the three of those are definitely could be described as lovecraftian even though i think Technically, only in the mouth of madness is the only one that he directly said, yes, I was inspired by Lovecraft on that. Um, But the other two do take inspiration from like science fiction. That's in the same sort of realm as what Lovecraft was writing. So uh, cosmic horror, I think, is what they refer to it as.
2: Yeah, and it just doesn't, and I know, based on what we know of Lovecraft, which now I can't even remember, he was racist,
1: maybe? Yeah, oh yeah, no, he was definitely a racist, and uh, there's a lot of problematic shit when you go back and read his uh, uh, his work, the original text of it, so.
2: But if we say cosmic horror, it's a little, uh, we can take him out yeah. of the equation. We can take him out, and yeah, and by saying Lovecraftian, people give a lot of, like,
1: uh power to lovecraft but like there were other writers he had contemporaries that were doing the same sort of shit that he was so i i think he's just the most famous name out of that batch and era of writers because there is a whole bunch of other guys that were doing similar fiction that's just as um remade and
2: poured over as his stuff just people don't remember the names as much (laughs) as those guys so Yeah, but things like Color Out of Space and The Beach House, like these other sort of cosmic horrors, like I just, I'm all for a monster that's just a monster, but it's when like people are morphing into them. I don't know. There's just something that that I'm less apt to be immediately on board for. Not to say, because I don't feel like Hellraiser is that way. Like if you consider Hellraiser cosmic horror, like, it, like, there's less of that happening. Yeah. And like more hell, like portals to, like, dark places like hell.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hellraiser kind of teeters on the edge of being...
2: Because the, people do turn into monsters, but it's because, like, nails were hammered into their heads, or, like, they were disfigured. They, yeah. And that's sort of how... They don't, like, morph into a monster. They're sort of... I don't know, um... Not, um... They're disfigured guess you're, in a way. Yeah, because in Hellraiser, the Cenobites
1: all wanted to become Cenobites. Like, they became what they were of their own free will. Like, they made choices. Well, maybe not of their free will, but they made choices in life. They were awful people, and then given this new life as a reflection of, you know, their true selves, which are these horrible demons. Um. So, like, yeah there's a thing in a lot of these other cosmic horrors where usually it's people being transformed and deformed against their will, where it's like some sort of horrible thing is happening that you can't stop and it's like, bait, you're a brainless monster now, uh, and your free will is gone, so like yeah, it's frightening and weird and strange, and I feel like the, the cosmic horror things usually come with some philosophical like shit that's going on in the background, like even just in the subtext of things, so I don't know I don't know where I'm going with that, but maybe that's what it is. Maybe there's too much headiness. uh, And it's sometimes I'm just like, yeah, that's too much for me. Where are they going with this?
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: But yeah, so there we go. Anything else you want to say about it?
1: No, I just, yeah, I think it was fun. It was a great little watch and uh, uh, moved by it a clip. It wasn't overly long. I didn't think it overstayed its welcome at all. So
2: yeah, I agree. Uh, all right. So, out of I don't know, um, five black triangles, because there's mm-hmm. a lot of those. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Uh, how many do you give the void?
1: Uh, I'm gonna give it three and a half.
2: I'm gonna give it three. So still cool. a solid.
1: Scare of approval. Scare of approval. Yeah, buddy. Cool. All right, well, we're moving on. Moving on to Tremors 2 Aftershocks. Uh, And the tagline is, the worms have turned. And the description on Letterboxd is, those super sucking desert creatures are back, and this time, they're south of the border. As the creatures worm their way through the oil fields of Mexico, the only people who can wrangle them are veteran Earl Bassett and survivalist Burt Gummer. Add to that, Add to that team a young punk out for cash and a fearless scientist, and the critters don't stand a chance.
2: Yeah, the critters. It says, yeah. Why don't they just call them tremors in it? What do they call them? Graboids. Graboids, which I just think sounds dumb.
1: Yeah, which was, I mean, that's from do they the call them uh, that
2: in the first one.
1: Yeah, in the first one, that's what uh, uh, the guy that owned the shop, the old man that owned the uh, the uh, general store, they were all holed up in. He's like, I think we should call it a Graboid. Like, it's just something he says offhand and people make fun of the name. And then the the joke is then that it's stuck for uh, officially as the name of these creatures in world.
2: Got it. Okay. Yeah, I didn't remember that. And like, as I'm watching it, I I started to think towards the beginning, I was like, okay, well, it would have been nice if they did something different with it, because it's just the same movie, like, for Mm -hmm. a while, like, just less, like, there, you already know what it is, so it's even, like, less exciting. And then, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes into it, they're like, oh, now we're going to put a twist on what you know. Uh Uh-huh. So I appreciated that. I I wish it would have, and I can understand without like Kevin Bacon and Reba McIntyre why they didn't, but it would have been really fun in the beginning to have sort of a montage of how life had been since the first one. Like, because mm-hmm. it starts off and there's like a video game and they talk about all this stuff, all this fame and uh, like recognition and publicity that yeah. everything got from the first one. And it would have been fun. Like if it was a, you know, a if it was made now and had all the money in the world to do that sort yeah. of like, you know, a uh, montage of all the things that they'd gone through the shows they'd been on and, and all of that, that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. But it is, I I found it enjoyable. I found it like yeah. a fun sort of silly ride. Was it direct to video?
1: Yeah, this was direct to video. The original movie was a bomb at the box office from what I remember. Mm. It just kind of came and went and people didn't really pay attention to it, but it had a second life on home video where everyone discovered it. And then on cable TV, um, and that made the producers think we should really do a sequel to this (laughs) because people suddenly really love this movie, uh, all of a sudden. And so, um, because there's like a nice time gap because this came out in like 1996 and the first one was, 89 or something like that I think so okay. there's like there's a nice jump of time jump in time when they were like okay let's uh let's do a sequel and it was supposed to go to theaters um cuz initially Kevin Bacon and Reba were going to come back for oh. this uh but Kevin Bacon got offered Apollo 13 right before production was supposed to start on Tremors 2 so he jumped on that uh and and then reba because of delays in production she went on tour and there was like a scheduling conflict with a tour she had so she had to drop out budget kept getting slashed and then eventually it got turned into a straight to video thing
2: and she was Bert's wife is that right yes yep. Okay. she was
1: Bert's. she was Bert's wife in uh in the first one
2: yeah i like how they dealt with i'm glad they didn't try to like recast them i'm glad that they just sort of worked them out of the story yep um, and Helen Shaver, who's like the female lead in this one, she was in four seasons of Poltergeist, the legacy four. Oh, wow. Did you know what went on that long? No. Also, I thought it was like some of those other series where it was like every episode was a different, like a whole new story, but it must've had like a through line. Oh, wow. And maybe, you know, cause she was in like all the episodes. Wow cool i I can't seem i would be curious to i didn't look on youtube it's probably on youtube But i'm curious i would like to check it out and see what it's all about
1: i i've seen i know i've seen random episodes because poltergeist the legacy was uh always on cable tv like in syndication like it it was one of those afternoon shows that would run in like any sort of like science fiction block of shows and i remember seeing it like after you know whatever ufo show i wanted to watch or something like that and then like oh poltergeist the legacy what's this about and i but i don't remember anything specific about it
2: so they were so it's like this group hi if you haven't seen the first one there's like these weird worms in the ground these giant worms that like pop up and eat people and they can only hear they can't see yeah
1: they follow sound waves
2: yes and so like fred ward who plays earl and kevin bacon whatever his name is they like Sort of figure out, and Reba McIntyre and Michael Gross, who plays Burt, they all mm-hmm. figure out how like how to sort of kill him and stuff, and be, like that's that's part one. Yeah, save the day. Yep. So in part two, there it's like down in Mexico, and there's a whole bunch. They find them, and because the, they had gotten like this acclaim for killing a bunch of them, Fred Ward gets hired along with this guy named Grady, this like kid. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, he's like a a, a young man to like yeah. help him, but like the whole crux is. They're told, like, you get like $50,000 per worm you kill, Mm -hmm. and like 100,000 if you keep one alive. And I thought for sure, and spoiler, but like, it really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought for sure there was going to be this whole storyline of them having killed all these and then going to whoever the man is, the CIA or whoever the fuck, and saying like, Hey, we've, you know, killed 50 of them. And they were going to be like, oh, like, we're not like that. They never planned on paying them. Yeah. Because like at the, by the, at a certain point, they'd made like $500,000 or something. Yeah. Or something 300, like so much money because they just kept killing them. And I thought, surely they're not going to like pay up. Yeah. And that just never was a plot point.
1: Yeah. No, it just kind of doesn't go anywhere.
2: <laughs> it seemed like Helen Shaver was keeping track cuz she's like, "Oh, you've killed 19. I've been keeping track here." So, yeah. th- at first I was like, "Oh, well, who's to say uh, uh, who's to say they couldn't just go out and say, "Oh, we killed 20 today," and they really killed, killed none." But yeah. it seems like she was watching and sort of keeping track. Yeah. From back at like home base. Home
1: base, she was like the researcher that was there to I don't know, keep make sure things were on the up and up.
2: And of course, straight boys love this movie. Not that all straight boys are this way. Not that gay boys can't be this way as well. Or trans people. Or whatever. Non-binaries. But, of course, there's monsters. There's bombs. There's tanks. There's guns. Like, of course. (laughs) Yes. Dudes love this.
1: And I loved this movie as a (laughs) youngster.
2: And I bet Uh, your brother did, too.
1: Yep. We would watch this one all the time. Because it would play. Speaking of syndication. This was on cable. All the fucking time after it came out. So we watched it like, ah, Tremors 2 is on. Awesome.
2: And I can't remember. I know we talked about it when we did Tremors before. But, like, what happened with the TV series? It didn't happen. Okay.
1: So there there actually was one TV series in the, like, early 2000s. And I think it only ran for a season before it was canceled. Uh, But then in the last few years, they produced a pilot for a new television series with Kevin Bacon returning. He was supposed to be the lead of the new television series, but for some reason, nobody picked it up. I, I'm, I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, everyone, the pilot has played at like some film festivals and stuff and everybody says it was awesome. So I don't know, uh, why no one was interested. It must've been money. Maybe it was too expensive or something.
2: Cause for the most part, I would imagine that TV series that did happen. I'm sure it used like all CGI. Like it seems yeah, like if it was, like, the sci-fi channel and that's what i appreciate it was on here. sci-fi of Channel. of course it was like here it's like always the graboid worm things are like real like practical yeah. effects but they're when you're like have the the evolution of them which are like these like babies or whatever yes. like the babies sometimes are cgi not all the time right
1: not but all sometimes the times they
2: are when they're like climbing on top of each other and there's like big clusters yeah it's like sort of cgi you can tell yes yeah and it's silly and it's funny and it's like okay and i feel like especially watching this one i didn't think so much with the first one or if i did i've forgotten but it seems like quiet place owns owes so much to this movie (laughs) yeah it kind of does doesn't it like it's that and then and then this
1: movie Especially because I just rewatched the original Jurassic Park not that long ago. Uh, and I'm like, man, everybody tried to like Jurassic Parkify their property after that movie came out. Like this feels like it owes a debt to Jurassic Park. Yes. Uh, just with the uh, shriekers is what they call the little ones. Okay, uh, and, and those feel so much like, you know, dinosaurs that you're like, OK, they probably saw like what Jurassic Park did. And we're like, OK, how can we work that kind of in some way into tremors so
2: yeah that makes total sense Mm -hmm. yeah but it feels like the monsters from quiet place yeah
1: yeah for sure in quiet place they come on john krasinski you're a tremors fan aren't you admit it that's (laughs) that's what you were watching um and it is funny too because like they do that fun twist of you thought you knew what these creatures were all about, and we added a whole new thing. Uh but then they do that in the third one with yet another transformation in part three. Um, well, that's
2: fun though. Keep it fresh.
1: Yeah. And then but they kind of like because there's like six of these now or something, I think. And they they don't necessarily keep that up. They don't keep like twisting it per se, but um yeah.
2: And I have a theory that Grady is totally gay for Earl. Cause like when he first mm-hmm. meets him at like the trailer, it seems like he is checking him out.
1: Yeah. And then yeah. I like at
2: first, like you see like Earl check out what's what's um helen shaver's name oh Broke god is riley but i don't know she probably <laughs> has a first name but yeah. he like checks out her ass and i was like jesus christ like these fucking filmmakers and then she turns around and checks his ass out and i'm like okay mm-hmm. equal opportunity employer yep
1: kate riley is the kate. character's name thank yep. you
2: uh but yeah i thought it was i thought it, it was definitely enjoyable it was silly and fun yeah. And it gets a little gross at certain points. Like, it was rated R, right? I I don't
1: know. I mean, they they played it on cable, and I don't remember. I don't think it was, like, cut, really. Like, I don't think anything got cut for cable. So maybe PG-13? Because
2: it felt like some of... I'm looking it up right now. Where does it say? Shouldn't it just... Oh, PG-13. Yep, you're right. Um it's like just on that line.
0: Yeah, a-
1: absolutely.
2: And of course the poster just has the three guys, which I know they're the ones out really hunting the graboid, so it makes sense. But I just mm-hmm. I my favorite part about part one was definitely I almost said Bonnie Ray. Um Reba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reba they should have got Bonnie Ray for this one. Oh, that would have been cool. <laughs> But yeah, it's just, it's such a good time. It is so, so fun. Yeah,
1: And it's, it's like, what a shock. Who would have thought that a sequel to Tremors is like actually going to be good?
2: <laughs> I this... know. I certainly didn't think that was going to be the case. This is
1: the best sequel, I think. I've not seen all of them. I think there's at least one that I haven't seen. Um, but I think this is the best sequel.
2: Is Michael Gross in like all of them? Michael Gross is in
1: every single one. He wow. is he's the through line like when uh after kevin bacon left and then fred ward they couldn't get him back after this one uh for whatever reason but michael gross loved playing this character so he just kept coming back
2: oh my god and jamie Kennedy's in one yeah jamie
1: kennedy eventually i think he's in two oh my god he eventually sh- shows up and then in the most recent one it's got the guy that played napoleon dynamite whatever his name i can't remember his name john heater i think he, yeah he's in, he's in the most recent one shrieker island
2: wow 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 oh boy yeah it just goes on and on doesn't it yeah it does so many so. of them i want to read
1: crazy i want to revisit some of these <laughs> So oh I don't
2: think I'll make you watch
1: them, but I'll check them out and report back.
2: All right. Well, I'm glad you had me watch this one at any rate, at Bonnie yeah. rate, at Bonnie rate.
1: <laughs> so, unless you got anything else to add, um, I don't. out of Out of five shriekers, how many do you <laughs> give it?
2: I'm gonna give it three. Cool. I give it a four. Ooh, four.
1: Uh... Yeah, it's like not really a great movie it's just fun but i've i've rewatched this thing so many times over the course of my life and i'd never get sick of it it's just a fun watch so four stars or four shriekers
2: all right well still there is a
1: scare of approval second scare of approval
2: yeah buddy cool well fun uh, well yeah. that was that was good it was a good And both sort of um, monsters, creepy monsters. Yeah, yeah. Fun
1: rubber monsters in both of these, so. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. All right, well, we'd love to hear from you. Scaring is sharing at gmail.com, or follow us on Insta, Scaring is Sharing. All one word, smash it together. And smash that like button. Um, If you want to write us a review, we'd love that. You can do it on Apple Podcasts. We'll read it. Yeah, and whatever accent you want us to. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just put it in the review. Say what
1: accent you want it written.
2: (laughs) And come back and share some more scares with us next week as we will share with you. Mm, Yes. And remember, the box, you opened it, we came. (gasps) And keep watching the skies. And keep watching and talking about scary movies because... Scaring is
0: sharing. Scaring is sharing.
2: Scaring is sharing.
0: Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. sharing.
2: This has been a production of Planet Amp
0: Podcast, powered by Pinecast.